0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode of HR and on Tour was recorded as part of the 2020 Nyman Ranch Hog Farmer Appreciation Celebration. For the past 21 years, Nyman Ranch has hosted a Hog Farmer Appreciation Dinner in Iowa to celebrate their community of independent U.S. family farmers. In 2020, COVID-19 made it unsafe to gather together in person, but it was important to continue the annual celebration and hold their Hog Farmer Appreciation Dinner. This series of special virtual events took place between August 5th and September 11th. We hope you enjoy listening in on some of these conversations.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 2020 virtual hog farm tour. Um, On behalf of my wife, Denise, I'm Ron Martison, and we want to welcome you to our front porch in southwest Iowa. It's a little different hog farm tour this year than maybe what you're used to, but welcome to 2020. Um, Where to begin with the circumstances that have shaped this year that have have changed maybe forever um, the landscape of both your business and our business. To say that this year has been a challenge is an understatement. I mean, you on the food side have dealt with with, with insecure markets. You have dealt with, with forced closings. But, but on our side, on, on the, the farm side, we too have, have had our share of challenges. For a lot of us, particularly in the upper Midwest, we either had a very, very, very dry year, a drought, and then some of us actually had a horrible wind, which I hope I pronounce this right, a derecho. Um, I was fortunate enough, or maybe I should say unfortunate enough here, two or three weeks back, to drive over around Cedar Rapids and see some of the devastation and some of the damage. When they have said that up to 10 million acres of crops were affected by the wind and the damage, they're not underestimating it one bit. Because COVID and all the headaches associated with COVID, you know, this year we decided that there wouldn't be the typical Hog Farmer Appreciation Week. But what we are going to do today is cap off what I know has been an absolutely awesome experience. You know, Nyman didn't have to do this. I think you know that and I know that as well. So I appreciate them going the extra distance, going that 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 extra mile to, to, uh, to make things come through, to make things uh, happen, to maintain the standard of excellence and quality that I think all of us have come to expect in it. Um, I was initially comfortable with the whole concept of doing a virtual, but then last night—I don't know about you or how many of you were in on it—but last night it really hit home how much I miss the hog farmer appreciation dinner. Uh, I got—I have to admit though—it's kind of funny watching Denise scamper around frantically and try to keep up, keep up with the chef. But uh, the meal was fantastic. We had a good time, and then my goodness, Temple's comments afterwards were always a treat. Um, before we get started with this, I want to give a huge thank you out to the four farm families that that not only shared their farm with us, but they they shared their their table with us and they shared a good many experiences with you. So to to uh, uh, Barb and Martin, Bryce and Melanie, uh, Phil and Aaron and Martin and Barb, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also. I want to give... Did you mention hmm? April and Dan? Oh, I forgot April and Dan, <laughs> Wilson and Lorna. Sorry about that. Lorna. Love you, guy. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful also, lunch. Also, I want to give a huge thank you to the lovely Mrs. Martison sitting beside me. She's the one that did all the, the video recording for me. For those of you that know me, you do realize and appreciate that what I know about technology wouldn't fill a fly's fanny. So I am very grateful that Denise was along to help me with that. Um, I want to also thank Nyman Ranch for for letting us do this. Uh, what you're going to see today and and I hope what you're going to take away from this is is a deeper appreciation and a deeper uh, understanding of why Nyman is the way they are. I mean, when you stop and think about Nyman Ranch, you think of their importance and their commitment to the family farmer. You think about their commitment to how the animals are raised and then you think about their 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 commitment to to um uh, the quality of the meat that goes into that. And then you think about their commitment to the land, the, the, the way they want the land to be maintained and improved for future generations. So with that being said, I want to say thank you to Nyman for letting us do this. I want to say thank you for joining with me. And I want to read an opening comment that Paul made. Now, for those of you that are familiar with the history of the whole Nyman Ranch Hull uh, Farm Appreciation Week or weekend, you know it evolved from initially a get-together at Paul's farm, where they would walk around and they would would visit about the pigs, they would view the pigs, and they would get to interact with the animals. So it's it's a bit awkward doing this without Paul standing right here, actually taking the lead, but I'm going to read a few comments that Paul sent for me to give to you. It's just, I'm Paul Willis, joining you today from Thornton, Iowa. I am the founder of the Nyman Ranch Pork Company and hog farmer number one. I started the Nyman Ranch Pork Company because I wanted to build a market for pigs raised humanely and sustainably, where a pig could be a pig. I wanted to create a market as far away from the commodity pork sector as possible, and I wanted to build something that helped other farmers like me succeed. Nyman Ranch has grown one independent farmer at a time to build a community of more than 750 customers or farmers and ranchers that we have today. I'm so proud of what Nyman has grown to become and think it's definitely worth celebrating. And we do just that. Every year we come together for the Hog Farmer Appreciation Celebration, inviting our farmers and our customers and friends to join us here in Iowa. One of the highlights of the event is always when we visit a Nyman Ranch farm. For a long time, it was my farm, and we have moved it around over the years. Many chefs and visitors have never been to a hog farm. It's a wonderful opportunity for everybody to hear what a hog sounds like and see what they look like when they're running and so on. We want people to see what we do. I'm happy to continue the tradition, albeit virtually, and introduce my friend and Nyman Ranch farmer, Ron Martison, as he leads us. Thank you, Paul. on behalf of the, every one of the Nyman Ranch hog farmers that's watching this and everyone of the Nyman Ranch hog farmers that work so closely with Nyman Ranch, Paul Willis, I want to tell you this, and I want to tell you this in front of everybody, if it were not for you, if it were not for your vision and your tenacity, I would not be raising pigs today. And I think virtually every one of us in the Nyman system feel that same way about you. So thank you for those opening remarks. And doggone it, next year you're going to be here with us. Okay. The the four farmers that that we chose this year uh, have got long-standing histories with Nyman. They have been uh, devout uh, Nyman Ranch farmers. They're good friends and they're good custodians of their land. Uh, the first group we're going to visit with are Dan and April Wilson. Dan and Lorna uh, have been Nyman Ranch hog farmers almost since the very beginning. Uh, his tattoo number is one of the lowest ones. Yeah, uh, For those of you that don't know, As a farmer joins Nyman Ranch, they are assigned a tattoo number, and then that tattoo number follows their pork uh, through the system. So Paul Willis, for instance, the founder of of the Nyman Ranch Pork Company, uh, is tattoo number one. Dan is tattoo number four. So he's been with Paul a long time. And as time has progressed, the farm has gradually transitioned into April, his daughter who runs the farm. Dan is a darn good friend, and he and I have poked fun at each other for years. I had the opportunity from about 2005 till 2011 to be his field agent, but we have been friends for a much longer period of time, and we continue to be friends. Um, I know this weekend is incredibly busy for them. Uh, There's a wedding in northeast Iowa that two of their, their kids are going to. So I hope Dan got done milking the cows or calving the heifers or whatever he had to do this morning before we got started with this. So what we're going to see is uh, April Wilson, which is Dan's daughter who now runs the Farrow to Finish end of it on a pasture farm setup. We're gonna actually get to hear her tell her story about how they raise pigs out in the pasture and let's do that right now. Okay, here we go. Hi,
1: I'm April April Wilson Wilson, and I'm, I'm I'm a ranch farmer in Northwest Iowa, I've been farming with Nyman Ranch for the last six years. And this is my dad and he's been farming probably since the very beginning of Nyman Ranch. Um, and we we have a fair to finish pasture operation. Use straw as bedding and they're in here probably for a month or t- or a month and a half with their babies.
2: What kind of bedding are you using? We're using
1: oat straw. Okay, Well how
2: much do you put in each shed?
1: depends, when we first put the shed in, we'll put in about half a bale. Good to and know. as they get older, you'll maybe give them two hunks. Depends on the weather. Yeah, it depends a, it. on the weather and how much they need. And if it's the middle of July or sure. like August when it's cooler, September when we get cold. So cold. How, how would this differ from burrowing in a confinement barn? They have a lot more space to move around in. Um, they can do what pigs do best, root around and dig and find interesting things to taste and touch and feel. Um,
2: Probably no bedding in there either, is There's there? no
1: bedding for them to, to have their pigs in. They have a nest. When they farrow, they create a nest. They can get up and move around in a confinement. They are stuck in one spot, and they don't ever hardly move once they have pigs until they're weaned.
2: I noticed that you've got a lot of sows out here that are different colored. What's your what's your criteria? How do you how do you pick a sow that works well out here?
1: Well my number one criteria is a sow that's gentle. I don't wanna be fighting anything or or having somebody that's gonna eat me alive. Sure. <laughs> so that's my one number one criteria. But then Meat quality, I want a sow that has some back fat and I want a sow that has good marbling um, and has lots of pigs and can feed them all. Feed them.
2: What is it what what makes up your pasture?
1: What's in your pasture here? Our pasture is a mix of alfalfa and orchard grass and then whatever grows and grows. So one advantage of having a farrowing system as they can be out and open and and get to know their neighbors really well. Like right here we have one mama who has the neighbor's kids over to play with her. So one of the ways we ventilate uh, age heads in the summertime is through opening and closing a back door which is always usually facing north so that it gets the best breezes. So in the mornings we open them up and at night we close them and there's two little knobs here that we turn to keep them shut during the night. So one of the things about Nyman is that we don't take the tails off pigs and part of the reason they do that in confinements is because they get bored um, and they'll chew each other's tail right off so they they take them off fairly early on. Um, One of the nice things about the tail is you can tell if the pig is happy or not by the way it swings. If it's down straight and you're trying to move it the pig will if the tail's down that means their their legs are locked and they won't move Um, so you want the tail up and swinging instead of down and flat against their body. So we use the same kind of fencing we've used for a really long time, which is uh, two hot wires and then fence posts. It's about every 12 steps between posts. The height is just about knee height. Uh, It's enough to keep a, a sow in, and the second one is lower than that to keep the pigs in. So this is our watering system. We use a wooden platform so that the sow can't root underneath the water and then we bolt a metal trough with a float in the center and a cover so that they can't get it off. Um, And the water comes from a hydrant up at the house. We have a pipe system that comes out to the pasture from the house. So this is our gestation. Barn ourselves after they get weaned get put in here and they will be in this room in this hoop building until they have their next litter. Um, we we do a deep deep system so we start with straw and it builds up into a compost as it gets higher and higher and we just keep adding the whole time they're in here and then we'll clean it out when they go into the farrowing barn. How
2: long are they in here? How many days? Three months. three
1: months, three weeks and three days is, yeah. should be what the length of time that they're in this building.
2: Thank you, April, for doing that for us. Thanks again to both Dan and April for helping. One thing I forgot to mention, actually, there's several things I forgot to mention. First and foremost is if you have any questions, don't hesitate to type them in. Part of Part of a virtual hog farm tour is to to address questions that people have. And remember, there's no such thing as a silly question. Look who's talking. So there you go. One thing I forgot to mention about about, uh, the Wilson family is this every year Nyman recognizes one individual hog farmer within the system for outstanding achievement, outstanding effort, and willingness to be a team player and a member within the Nyman Ranch family. And Dan Wilson was actually awarded that award as Farmer of the Year in 2005. So kudos and congratulations to you, Dan. Um, Does everybody understand the concept of? uh uh um uh, uh, pasture farrowing farrow to finish pasture farrowing a uh, farrow to finish operation first off a farrow to finish operation means farrow, which is what is referred to as the 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 mommy pigs or the sow giving birth to the babies and then finish refers to the amount of time before the pigs go to harvest so when we talk about something from farrow to finish we talk about from the birth of the pig up until the time that he goes to harvest and when you talk about a pasture feral to finish situation, you talk about a situation that, that the system basically is on a pasture or in a setting like, like April had there for us. Um, why do we do it that way? Why do we want to do it out in, in a pasture setting like that? Well, one thing you might have noticed, and I think April did a really, really, really good job of that, was describing how much of a community it is and, and how much everybody interacts with each other. Um, we learned a long time ago one of the strongest uh, – instincts are one of the strongest traits within a within a pig if you will is the nesting instinct and that is the drive or the desire to build the nest and what we do not only in the pasture system that you see uh, on april's farm but also in all the Nyman ranch systems is we give the sow the opportunity to nest we give her an opportunity to build the nest and as april alluded to in our discussion in confinement they can't do that lots of times they are left in a barren harsh crate where they are yeah where they can't turn around it's a little more than two foot wide. She can only stand up and lay down and stand up and lay down. Um, another thing that April touched on, and, and I want to build a little bit on this was the tail, the curly tail. We have learned for a long time that the tail on a pig is nothing more than a barometer for, for the comfort of that pig or the satisfaction of that pig. Um, if he's not happy and he's frustrated for whatever reason, he's going to take it out on his neighbor. He's no different than a bunch of kids picking on each other. And, and and the problem with the tail is that's the easiest thing to grab a hold of and bite. If there's not enough room uh, at the dinner table and you want somebody to move, grab his tail and he'll move. So in the, in the commodity systems where everybody is crammed into ridiculously tight spaces, they have to remove the tails or the pigs will literally chew each other's tail off. I I like to use the analogy, could you imagine Porky Pig without that curly tail that he's, he's so famous for? I know I couldn't. Um, Another thing that 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 uh, April shows us is her gestation barn where the sows are loose housed together. You notice that it was deeply bedded and there was a lot of straw in there, and April was is is able to commune them together in groups. Um, the push recently uh, in the confinement system and the commodity system has been to do away with gestation crates, which were a way to individually cage those animals to keep them separate where they wouldn't pick on each other and they wouldn't fight. You probably noticed in April's um, uh, case in the in the building when she was showing us around, you didn't see any aggression in those sows. You didn't see any frustration in those sows. Um, the way April does it is only one of several ways that, that house, or sows can be housed in the Nyman system. Uh, they can be out on pasture, they can be in pens like April had, or they can be in dirt lots. Sows uh, like to be social, they like to move around, and they like to engage and interact with each other. You know, one of the things I want to say before we go any further is that what is the typical size of a Nyman Ranch hog farm? Um, farrow to finish operations today in the commodity system, they talk in terms of thousands, thousands of head of this, thousands ahead of this. When you're talking in the Nyman system, we're talking in terms of, of, of much, much smaller numbers. A typical Nyman Ranch farrow to finish farm will only have between 40 and 60 sows on the average. This way, we can do a better job of managing the animals. We can do a better job of caring for the animals. And that ultimately translates into a better eating experience for the customers that buy our pork. Uh, The next person that we're going to go or the next farm we're going to go see is a very dear friend of mine. It's Phil Kramer's farm, Phil and Aaron Kramer. They live in north central Iowa. And they've got three kids that you'll see in a minute that are just as cute as a bug's ear. The first time I met Phil Kramer, he was my field agent. Uh, I've been a Nyman Ranch farmer since 2002 and the whole concept of the field agent evolved shortly after that. For those of you that don't know what a field agent is, that's nothing more than a helper to the farmers in that they come around and they visit the farm two, three, four times a year. They call us weekly to get updates on how many pigs we've got, to check in to see if everything's going okay. Um, Nyman Ranch would not be able to do what they do to the extent that they do. Nyman Ranch would not be able to stand on the label claims that they have if they did not have a staff of field agents making sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. So anyway, that being said, Phil Kramer was my first field agent, and uh, uh, I don't want him to get a big head, but in all honesty, I cannot think of anybody that comes to mind any more than him when it comes to Nyman Ranch, unless it would be Paul Willis. If I had to describe people that I think have made and shaped Nyman Ranch, Paul Willis would be at the top, but honestly, Phil Kramer would be pretty doggone close. So kudos to you, Phil. Anyway, what we're gonna do, we're gonna go and we're gonna spend a few minutes with Phil and Aaron and the kids. So let's sit back and enjoy and see what's going on in Phil's world. Take it away.
3: Hi, we're, we're here today uh, just outside a, the small town of Hardy, Iowa with a Kramer family. We bought this farm approximately five years ago. And we have a breed to wean operation. And our pigs go from here up to my dad's farm by Algona to be finished out. So today we're here is myself, Phil Kramer. This is my wife Erin Kramer. We've been married 16 years. And these are our three kids. Our Henry. oldest one?
1: Henry. And how old Ten.
3: are you? And our yet middle one?
0: I am Sam, seven.
3: And our little one. What's your name?
1: Carolyn.
3: And how old are you? Four. Four and they help on the farm every day. At Nyman Ranch, we have a very in-depth set of protocols. Farmers have to follow in order to be uh, qualified to sell uh, pork to Nyman Ranch. Um, those in-depth protocols go, vary from space requirements, having different levels of space requirements for all levels of production, whether it be gestating sows, uh, lactating sows, young piglets, or market-sized hogs. Uh, most, in most cases, those standards are almost double that of the commercial industry. Our pigs also have to have access to bedding the entire time or access to pasture, um, so that that way they have the most comfortable f- facilities and can make a nest naturally like they would in nature. We also have a protocol for our feed. We are a completely antibiotic-free program and also an all-vegetarian fed program. So our animals get no animal byproducts of any kind in their feed. These are all checked regularly by field agents. And we also are subject to third-party audits We work with a lot of different um, specialists within the industry to make sure that we continue to to excel and exceed our production standards in order to keep our animals raising us in a welfare friendly manner. With Nyman Ranch's high production protocol standards, um, our pigs are always outside or in facilities that are more inclement to the weather. So we have to select genetics that are fit for outdoor production. Uh, so our pigs are typically a little bit fattier, as far as it, with external some external fat, but also uh, marbling, and um, also a little bit hardier than those that you would see within confinement production. Um, that's why a lot of the times you'll see our pigs are a little bit more colored, uh, you know, in, uh, as compared to the white pigs that you see in confinement production. This helps our pigs handle the sun better, and as far as, it, you know, in the heat, as well as being able to handle cold weather of the winter. One of our major breeds that we use or some of the older line breeds that we use are Duroc. Like this little pig's partially Duroc and partially Hereford, and we also use some Chester Whites, and we use Yorkshires for our maternal side. Um, We do a lot with meat quality testing. We pull 64 random samples every week uh, and test our farmers' pork to make sure that they continue to meet the highest standards in the world. We do a lot. We check color scores, marbling scores, pH scores, as well, all from a visual standpoint and mechanical standpoint. Um, And then we rank our farmers. from one to 400 or whatever we have as far as total number of farmers. And we pay those farmers a premium for having high-end meat quality. Um, So it's not just pork, the other white meat within Nyman Ranch. We have some of the best tasting red pork that there is. That results in a very moist and delicious tasting pork product. Can you give me a kiss? What do you like about pigs?
1: they're really small. When they're born,
2: aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they cute? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I the only one that thinks that the Kramers have their hands full with those three kids? <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that Carolyn is as cute as a bug deer? Mm-hmm. She'd get even the coldest heart to melt, wouldn't she? Does Does um everybody understand when Phil talked about a, a breed to wean farm? In the Nyman system, a breed to wean farm basically consists of the moms, the sows, and then the babies, and the babies stay on the farm until they're weaned or until they leave mom. So in the Nyman system, we have a, a pretty strict guidelines of a weaning age of no less than 28 days and ideally five to six weeks. So when Phil was talking about his breed to wean farm, he's basically talking about a mama's and the babies up to that point in their life. And um, one of the things that phil touched on when he was talking a little bit about about nyman and our protocols are what set us apart from from so many other people what set us apart from the commodity system i mean there's there's, there's many things we take for granted as farmer space requirements for instance it is pretty fair to say and i think phil alluded to this that a lot of our space requirements are almost double what they are uh in the commodity system now why is that what are the benefits to that well first off If they've got more space, they've got more chance to move around, they've got more chance to interact with other individuals, they're going to be healthier. I mean, that translates into a healthier pig. That translates into maybe, I think, a happier pig. And we do not have to mask uh, sicknesses and diseases and stresses brought on from overcrowding when we do that. Another thing that, that Nyman does is we have stringent bedding requirements. Now, here in a little bit, we're going to see another farmer and we're going to go into a little bit more detail on bedding requirements. But understand on any given day, based on weather conditions and weather circumstances, Nyman requires that these pigs have adequate bedding for both comfort uh, and and, uh, and, uh, for lack of a better word, social stimulation. Something, give them something to do. Um, Phil touched a little bit on the genetic requirements. Um, Nyman Ranch is really, really, really big on on, uh, the, the traditional breeds, if you will. We are really big on the flavors and the qualities that they bring to the table, uh, to the palate. Um, Nyman is primarily concerned with how that pork chop tastes. We want the eating experience that the customers have to be one that they'll never forget. Um, The the tendency over the years from the commodity market has to become leaner and paler. Uh, The other white meat is not the proper way to describe a piece of pork, and Nyman Ranch has gone out of their way to maintain the flavor maintain the integrity and maintain the quality of the meat. And they do that through the breeds that they select. Uh, Phil touched a little bit on the maternal breeds too. And I think April alluded to that too. Because Nyman does not crake those sows, because Nyman lets that sow be a sow, because Nyman lets that sow build her nest, we need to select for genetics that are better at being mothers. We need to select for genetics that are better at that milking ability and we need to select for genetics that are a little bit less temperamental to work with. So, I mean, all these things are questions that Nyman Ranch farmers wrestle with and Nyman Ranch farmers deal with, but that's just one more reason why the, the field agent staff that Nyman Ranch has is so valuable and so important. Um, another thing, and Phil alluded to this too, were the that every year when the field, agent visited, field agents visit at least once a year, they will go through a checklist of everything that we need to be doing to be certified as a Nyman Ranch farmer. This is nice, this is awesome. There aren't very many companies that do that. We call this an in-house audit. Well, what sets Nyman Ranch apart from so many others is we allow, or we welcome third party auditors to come in and see what we're doing, to see that what we are doing and what we are saying are one and the same. And there aren't very many of us left to do that. So kudos to Nyman Ranch for doing that. From a farmer standpoint, Great, because they are reassuring and telling me that what I'm doing is right and that I feel good to be a part of that program. Denise has got a couple of questions that came in um, during the the break, so she's going to read them off to me, and hopefully I can answer them.
1: (laughs) All right, this first question is, how do you provide water to the sows in the winter when the hydrants freeze? It's
2: a good question, and anybody that's in the upper Midwest knows that in the wintertime it can get darn cold, particularly if you're in north central Iowa or northwestern Iowa. Uh, lots of times the, a heater will be furnished, some sort of an electric heater that will keep the water warm. Or a lot of folks have actually moved to what they call energy-free waterers, and they take advantage of the, the heat in the earth to keep the water lines open. Or a lot of us, in the, the, the case of April, I think I'm going to answer the next question, too, that they ask about April, was they wanted to know where she farrowed when it gets bitter cold. Obviously, the farrow in the pasture setting, uh, the babies um, have certain um Thermostatic dynamics that they they thrive in and they do not survive in others. So, when it is bitter, bitter, bitter cold in the wintertime, April will move the pigs into the buildings. She will ferrow the pigs in the buildings where she can control the heat and make that comfort zone for that little pig a little bit better. So, when they do that and when they come in, that's when you don't worry so much about the hydrant speed freezing because you're closer to the electricity and you can run electric heaters and stuff like that. Is that it? Is that what we've got? Yes. Okay. The next farmer we're going to see is a real jewel it's martin kramer he's related to phil and i think most of you know martin the first time i met martin kramer he had uh knocked out of the ballpark farrowing house he had taken a hoop barn and he was farrowing in that and he had hot water heat underneath the floor and i took a bunch of friends and we hopped in the car one day and i gave him a shout and said can we come up and see it and he said sure come on ron so we went up there and we saw we had an absolute great time martin's a hard worker Martin is not afraid to swap ideas with you. Martin's not afraid to tell you what he thinks. Uh, I want to say about Martin, like like Danny Wilson, he has been recognized as a Nyman Ranch Farmer of the Year on one occasion. So let's set back and enjoy this video from Martin Kramer.
4: I'm, I'm Martin, Martin Kramer. Kramer, you're at the Martin Kramer Farm. Uh, this is my wife, Barb, my son, Phil, uh, my granddaughter, Carolyn and grandson Henry and Sam up on the barn. I've lived here with my wife for 45 years. We've been Nyman Ranch producers for 21 years. I started out Farrow to Finish, and now I just finished pigs. And we'll show you how things are done here in uh, Northern Iowa. This is some of the bedding we use on the farm. We've got uh, big round bales of corn stalks. Um, we bale them in the fall after we combine corn. Um, we use them in the hoop buildings. Takes a lot of bedding in the hoop buildings. And uh, the pigs mix their manure with the, with the bedding. And uh, when a group is done, we haul it back out onto the fields for fertilizer. Um, we have uh, small square bales of oat straw here. That's used for the younger pigs. And in, um, and in my open front finishing, um, we use the small bales because it's easier easier to use them. We bale it up and it's all the of all my grandkids and we store it in here. Here we are in the first new building that I built. It's been here for 20 years. This group of pigs was put in here in, in May. Um, now it's August, they're about ready to start selling out of here. Um, Use cornstalk bedding, big uh, bales that we put in through the north door and roll out. Um, we got two feeders up here, water. Um, it's summertime, so we got the doors wide open, the north doors, and and half moon above the door that's out. And uh, we also, for those really hot still days, we got a large fan to, to help help move some air over the pigs. Pigs grow really well in here. The manure is controlled, kept in here, and then when the pigs are out, uh, we clean it out and haul the manure out on the field for fertilize their corn. Now this group of pigs is a uh, younger set, um, just recently put in the in the hoop building. We put in eight bales, sitting upright. Break them down until so we got all the all the ground covered, and. Um, Leave what's left of the bale there for the, the pigs to chew on and play with and, and lay around. It keeps the breeze off when it gets too cold. Um, they really like running around in the bedding and chewing and, and um, they do really well in here. This is my open front finishing building. Uh, it used to be a cattle shed. I converted it over to raise hogs in it. Um, they have lots of room to run around, more than they would if they were in confinement. Um, they've got oat straw for bedding. They like to chew on that and manipulate that. Um, I enjoy raising hogs for Nyman. I've done it this way all my life, and thanks to Nyman, I continue to do it this way. When the pigs get big enough to sell, we have to sort the biggest ones off and, and load them to take them to market. Um, We'll chase all the hogs out here on the apron and we'll mark the biggest ones and then we'll use the sorting board and the gate on the building to sort the pigs that we don't want back into the building. Once we have that done, we have all the ones we want to sell out here. Then we bring them around to this, um, this crowd gate and using our panel and the crowd gate, We'll move the pigs into the loading chute to go into the trailer. We'll move them along and um, move them down down the alley and uh, load them onto our our hydraulic trailer or our gooseneck trailer. Works very well. Keeps the hogs moving and. Um, that's that's how we, we do it. Once they're on the hydraulic trailer, we can take them anywhere we want. We can raise it up to, um, to load a semi if we need to or, or lower it down to the ground and let them out any place we need to. Back in uh, 1998, I was selling on the open market and in uh, December, hogs hit a low of eight or 10 cents and I sold some for 10 cents, which, uh, you lost money on every head. After that, I contacted Paul Willis and uh, asked about the program that he was coming up with, the Nyman Ranch program. And um, we worked things out and I got approved. And uh, in August of 99, I was uh, selling hogs to Nyman Ranch and I've stuck with them ever since. Hi,
2: is it just me or am I the only one that Thinks that Phil really looks like his mom. Stop and think about that. Um, Martin and Barb have what we call a feral, uh, or a weaned-to-finish farm. Does everybody know or understand what that means? That would be the next half of what we saw in the in the video before that of Phil's farm. In other words, the pigs come to Martin and Barb's farm when they have been weaned off their mamas, and then they stay at Martin. And, and Barb's farm until they're, they're finished and they're harvested. Now, how long does that take? What kind of a timeline does that take? Well, believe it or not, that pig is gonna start when he's born, he's gonna weigh roughly three pounds, okay? And then by the time he is six months old, he's gonna weigh between 280 and 300 pounds. So just stop and think about how fast that little burger has to grow. So if he's at Phil's farm, let's say for six weeks, so then he's gonna be on Martin's farm for roughly four and a half months. Um, um, the, farm, the, the video that you saw of Martin's place shows basically two different ways to finish in the Nyman system. One is in the hoop barn, which he showed you, and the other one was in an open lot. Those are not the only two ways that you can finish in a Nyman system. Also in the Nyman system, you can finish in a pasture, and then you can finish in, in uh, a dirt lot with some sort of shelter available. Now, one of the questions that has come into us during the during the break was was how do you protect the soil or how do you keep the the figs from tearing up the pastures and stuff? You will find with most of us, especially in the upper Midwest, we are in a crop livestock rotation. So it may be a pasture for one or two years and then it will be returned again to uh, a crop. Either it'll be corn or soybeans. Um, Why do we do that? Why do we why do we have the pigs out on pasture like that? Well, it's just as simple as this. My philosophy is it's a whole lot more glamorous to haul feed and water than it is to haul manure. So anyway, the the whole idea behind the pasture system and the setup uh, is to incorporate the manure naturally and it is also to to benefit the land in terms of the rotation. Um, Another question that came in was, well, how do you keep the pigs from getting the diseases and stuff that the other pigs get? Nyman is very, uh, um, very diligent in prevention. What we emphasize and what we push are a number of vaccination programs, vaccination protocols. We have actually, we've got a vet on staff that we use that helps individual farmers uh, with recommendations. There again, I fall back on the importance of the field agents because they will help the specific farmers with the issues and what vaccination schedules they use. Prevention is the key. Also, like I alluded to a few minutes ago, If they're outside and they're not as crowded, they're not as stressed, they're healthier, and their immune system does a much better job in preventing anything like that coming in in the first place. Um, One thing, another thing that Martin talked about, and I wanted this left in there, he showed you actually how we load the animals to take them to harvest. Um, It's a great big gray area, if you will. A lot of us, uh we know where they come from we know how they're born but we don't know what happens from that point on so martin did a good job of explaining to us how he brings the pigs out of the pen how they're sorted for size, and for the nyman ranch pig you want a pig that weighs roughly 280 pounds or a little bit over to produce the ideal type and cut of meat that works best for you guys in your restaurants and 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 on your dinner plate um He shows you the care that we take to sort them. He shows you the care that we take when we move them to how we're going to transport them to the harvest facility. Paul Willis said it best many, many years ago, and it is stuck in my head. The ultimate goal of a Nyman Ranch farmer is to see that that pig only has one bad day, and that's the day of harvest. I I would build on that, and I will add in that to say that it is also a goal to see that he arrives at the harvest facility, as stress-free and as easy and comfortable as he can. We're about meat quality, and I don't want to see that totally messed up after I've worked six months to make sure that I've provided and delivered you the best tasting meat that I can. I don't want to have that messed up because of a bad experience on the way to the harvest facility. So Nyman spends a tremendous amount of time concentrating on, on things like we don't want them too crowded in the truck on the way up. We don't want them to get too hot. We don't want them to get too cold. We don't want them to be on the truck too long. We want it to be as stress-free as it can. So I, that's part of the reason I wanted that in there. Another thing, and this is probably the last thing I'm going to harp on, with Martin Kramer. He explained to you, or he described to you the fall of 1998 when he got 10 cents a pound for his pigs. For, for us, okay, 10 cents a pound, what does that mean? Well, in 1998, and anybody jump in if I'm saying this wrong, but in 1998, I I figured it cost about $100 to produce a pig. That was what all the feed that went into them and blah, blah, blah. Well, when Martin is telling you that he was getting uh, 10 cents a pound for those pigs, he was getting 28 cents a pound or $28 for those pigs. So that's a deficit of $72. For every hog he sold, he was losing $72 a piece. Now, at that time, Nyman Ranch had a floor price and they were not going below that. So at that time, Nyman Ranch was paying $100 for their floor price. So even then, some 22 years ago, Nyman Ranch was concerned about uh, protecting the floor price that their hog farmers got. Um, if you have set in on any of the other meetings, the virtual meetings we've had ahead of this, you would have heard uh, Chris Oliveira say that that is still in place. And in June and July of this year, because of the COVID pandemic, because of the situation with with getting commodity hogs harvested and getting commodity hogs to market, Nyman Ranch has paid up to $104 more per pig for their pigs to protect their farmers than the commodity market has been able to do for their farmers. So that right there, folks, is a huge track record and kudos to Nyman Ranch for understanding the importance, understanding the the, uh, viability and understanding the necessity and keeping the farmers profitable so we can continue to raise pigs for Nyman Ranch. Okay, what do we have any other questions here? Uh, We have a question right up here. Where are all of the farms located? They are primarily in the upper Midwest. Um, We've got a few farms back east. The biggest share of them, I mean you would, the Dakotas, uh, Nebraska, uh, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and further east, uh, Minnesota, and of course, Iowa. most of the pigs are harvested in northeast or northwest Iowa, so that's why the pigs are located where they are.
1: And yeah. how about one more? Does Nyman require a number of head per farm that
2: a producer must produce annually? No. I, to my knowledge is they don't have a, a minimum requirement, and they obviously don't have a maximum requirement. I know from a logistic standpoint and from a harvest standpoint, they have a minimum number they want to harvest at a time from an individual farmer. But to say that Nyman says, no, you're too small, or no, that won't work, that's out of the question. That has not been an issue, and I don't foresee that being an issue. Nyman wants to work with the little guy as much as he wants to work with with everybody else. So, any other questions on that? Okay, the next farmer we're gonna go to, and my goodness, where do I start and where do I stop with this? We're gonna go visit Bryce and Melanie Hundling's farm. Um, To say that they're a a busy couple is an understatement. uh, uh, Melanie, uh, is a, a cross country runner. Uh, they're very, very, and coach and they're, they're very, very active in their church. They're very, very active in their community. And all you've got to do is take one look at this farm and think, holy buckets, how do they get it done? The first time I met Bryce was in 2005. And I think in the, in the video you're going to hear, he, he says that's, that's when they started raising pigs for Nyman ranch. And, and actually I met Melanie or Melanie shortly after that. And you know what? I, I they're perfect for each other because he will get wound up tighter than Bob's hat, and she'll come in and she will set him straight in the blink of an eye. So, let's sit back and let's watch this one, and we'll go from there. I'm Bryce Bryce Hundling.
1: Hundling. I'm I'm Melanie Hundling. I'm Gabby Hundling. I'm Will Hundling. Who are you? This is Henrik. This is Luke. And this is Ben.
5: We're on the Hundling farm, raise Nyman Ranch pigs, Nyman Ranch cattle, we have broiler chickens, laying hens, turkeys, ducks, geese, a guinea, peacocks, goats and sheep. So, how long have you been farming? Uh, we started in what, 04? Right? Got married in 05. Um, I think we sold our first set of diamond pigs in 05. Cows, about the same, cow calf herd from about the same time. This is our feed mill area. Um, usually, for the for the pig diets, we use corn, uh, soybean meal, uh, premix, which is their vitamins, minerals, um, lime and diCal. Sometimes, when the when the price is right, we use distillers grain uh, from an ethanol plant and uh, oats in the nursery rations. Um, like I said, the corn corn comes out of that bin. It's flex augered out. Into the feed mill, this metal bin here holds the soybean meal. Um, the premix is in this bin because it's salty, so we use a plastic, plastic bin for that. Um, the silvers grain or oats is in that that tall bin there. So, and the finished product is dropped into this bin here, and then goes into the grinder for a little bit more mixing. And usually, I take it off the grinder.
2: And onto the feed truck. How do you mix all this stuff then? Can we see your mixer yeah. melt? Yeah.
4: Watch out, Mm-hmm. Watch out.
5: Um, sometimes on the nursery ration, we will use bagged pre mix. We're currently running two nursery diets plus a starter pellet, and we have six
2: rations for the grow finished pigs. Why so many different rations?
5: Because their nutritional needs change from small to Small okay. to larger.
2: And what's the biggest change? How do they change from diet to diet?
5: The uh, protein, protein goes down, and the corn, the protein and the premix levels go down, and the corn, corn goes okay. up. Okay. So, okay. oh, we forgot. Oh. This, is, this is Eugene. This is Eugene the cat.
3: <laughs> he is the best cat ever. So, you got him.
5: But yeah, step on in here. This is our mix meal. It's got a one ton uh, bin on it, it's on three sets of weigh bars, so every ingredient is weighed individually. The the actual grinder part is right here, Uh, I think it's an 18 inch mill. The screens that go in the the mill are right here. Um, You can vary the whole size to uh, decrease your fineness of grind, Uh, two viewing windows. The corn goes in here, and the oats and distillers can go in on this one. The bean meal is up there, and the premix dumps in directly in the tank. They don't go. They don't go through the mill. The panel. I I started grinding with a tractor grinder mixer, and it was fine. It just took a long time. One of the former consulting Nyman vets, uh, Kurt Van Hulzen, he he was uh, he said you need to look at an electric mill. And I says okay. I guess I will, and. Uh, best decision I ever made. It's costs quarter as much to grind the feed and the amount of time savings is is insane how much how much time you save. Program the rest the rations in. So if you want to change your recipes, you hit that with the touchpad. Uh, we'll go to ration one enter. The first ingredient that we have is soybean meal. It's running 600 pounds. You can go to the next premix is running 55 pounds on ration one, ingredient three is corn, 625, and and here we've got DDGs which we're not running currently because the price is not conducive to using it. If you wanted to grind a load of feed, I come here, the scale it's running 26 now negative 26, but I just come in, I go mix a recipe, individual prep, I'll hit like say I want to do 4,000 pounds. Enter of ration six, enter, start. Kill a little time. The uh, feed was delivered into that bin. Um, Next, I'll transfer it into this grinder to do some final mixing on, uh, and add some uh, hand-add micro-ingredients. Let that mix for a few minutes. I'll transfer it from there into this feed truck. Uh, I can hold eight ton of feed in this feed truck, uh, so I can be more efficient than, you know, two ton at a time. Uh, here's an example feed tag. Nyman comes out, the field agent uh, periodically comes and checks. We make sure that all the feed tags are uh, meat specification. My uh, nutritionist from the feed company also uh, periodically comes. He'll take uh, samples for uh, fineness of grind, uh, analysis, make sure that everything's checked out, that our rations are balanced.
4: So we've got the feed.
5: Yep. Uh, onto the truck, I've got it back up to the feed bin. It goes in that that bin, and we run flexible auger system uh, out of that bin through the barn, and you can see the you can see the drop tubes going to the feeders inside the building. That way, the feed stays out of the weather, uh, the rain. So we also raise uh, cattle. We have a cow, about 50 cow cow calf herd. Um, I probably for the last 10 years have fed out my own calves, and for the last two years. Um, As of last uh, Sunday, we sold our second full set of uh, fat cattle to Nyman Ranch. On our farm, we use um, silage bags, uh, like here. We've got a bag of silage, we have a bag of hay, uh, corn stalks, and earlidge. Um, For a smaller operation, it is easier to keep the feed in good quality. So She's a brown Swiss, and her calf, would you name the calf? Samson. Samson. And April's, April's new calf, that's about a week and a half old.
4: Jim,
2: little junior. little junior, huh? I was right, wasn't I? They are a crazy busy family. <laughs> uh, between everything they've got, both the, the cattle and the pigs, I don't know how to get it done. I, a, a funny note, though, when Denise and I were there uh, doing the, the video shoot, They had a bunch of little turkeys, and I'm not that familiar with turkeys, but they were, what were they, four, five, six weeks old? Anyway, those darn things, they would hone in on you, and they would just run right after you. And honest to Pete, it felt like I was in the Jurassic Park movie with all these (laughs) little idioty things going after me. Um, Thanks to Bryce for doing that. He he touched briefly on a lot of stuff, and I know it it got a little long, and I apologize for that. But I wanted you guys to realize just because we do things traditionally doesn't mean we do things the old-fashioned way. We're, tra- we're traditional in that we care about the well-being of the animal, but we are not opposed to using cutting-edge, le- leaning-edge nutrition, and we're not opposed to using leaning-edge ways to manufacture the feed and stuff, and that's part of the reason I wanted, wanted the feed mixer mill in there, so you could see that, so you could get a handle on that. Bryce described the feedstuffs that he uses. Now, here in the upper Midwest, we are basically bound bound by corn. Corn is king in Iowa. I mean, this is where the tall corn grows. Corn also works great in a pig's diet. It's where the starch comes from, the bulk of the energy that the pig eats comes from. The diet is in corn. Uh, the protein that we get from the, for the pigs is basically soybean meal. In Iowa, we also grow a lot of soybeans, and when they crush the oil out of the soybeans, what's left is then heated, and that becomes a meal, and that becomes a very economical source of, of protein for the pigs. And then, lastly, what we include also in that would be the vitamins and the trace minerals, or the mineral premix, as Bryce called it, that was in the in the container because it had salt. Thank you, Bryce, for explaining that. One thing he said when everything was mixing, and I want to hammer this into, he held you held a feed tag up in front of you. Every bag of feed that is fed in the Nyman system has a tag on it, similar to that one. And what that has it in it has in that, or what is printed on that tag, is of a list of ingredients that's in that product. When Nyman says that they are a never ever program, they mean literally never ever. And one of the never evers is they are never fed any animal byproducts of any type. What the field agent does every time they go to that farmer's farm is they ask to see the feed tags. They review the feed tags. They review the ingredients in that feed tag to make sure that there is never ever any type of animal byproduct or antibiotic for that matter in the feed. So thank you so much, Bryce, for doing that. Are there any other questions we have at this time? If not, I'll wind her down. It's your last chance. Okay. You know, I, I want to say thank you to everybody for taking the time um, to spend with Denise and I today. This has been a hoot. It's a new one. I hope next year we can, we can do this face to face. Um, this is a culmination. This is number 14 of what Nyman Ranch has put together for the hog farmer appreciation weeks, six weeks of this. Who would have thunk it when they first came up with this idea that they could pull it off? But they did. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the farmers that we visited with today, the farmers that we saw today are representatives of, of nearly 770 of us. Um, I just picked these four out because they were close to home and we have a long relationship together. But there are so many, many, many others that would have been willing to do this and could have easily done this for us. The beauty of Nyman is we are transparent. We're not afraid. We don't hide behind walls. We, we put our, our passion on our sleeves. We put the, put the care of our animals out where everybody can see it. Uh, I extend an invitation to anybody and everybody that's here that you are more than welcome on this farm anytime, any way, any shape, any form. Just let us know enough in advance that Denise can put the coffee pot on, okay? (laughs) So, on behalf of Denise and myself and Nyman Ranch, I thank you for your attention and you have a great day.
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter.